If there is one thing we cannot doubt, because it has been clearly demonstrated, it is that solutions journalism has a positive impact on audiences. As I explained in the second chapter, several studies have shown that people feel better and more positive when they read the stories full of hope. Although I have already talked a bit about this, I want to come back to this point, because in this chapter, we will discuss the evidence for the impact of solutions journalism, the theories that have been proven, and the theories that remain untested. Welcome once again. I'm Laura Dulce Romero, fellow at the Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism. For this discussion, I invited back Karen McIntyre, professor of journalism at Virginia Commonwealth University in the United States, and so far, one of the people who has studied solutions journalism the most. Karen was one of the researchers who discovered that those who read solutions journalism stories feel better. Remember her? One of the, the biggest findings is that Every single experiment that tested the emotional impact of solutions journalism found a significant finding. So in other words, solutions and constructive journalism make people feel better. They make people feel more positive. And that was just across the board. While this was a huge step in demonstrating the importance of solutions journalism in newsrooms and in the quest for news balance, there is still a long way to go. Not a lot of research has been done just because it's so new. It's new. Solutions journalism has been going on for, for decades, really, but only just in the last maybe eight years or so did it really kind of start to skyrocket, I think, in large part to organizations like Solutions Journalism Network and the Constructive Institute and, you know, these these organizations that are promoting it. That's really helped. And it's Um, really brand new in the academic literature. So maybe, you know, newsrooms have done it, but it hasn't been studied. So I think there are, is not a lot just because it's so new and it'll, it'll come. About 100 articles on solutions journalism have been published in the last six years. Not bad, right? But much more is needed. Um, and why is it important to do that? Well, because... Solutions journalism is a well-meaning idea, but how do you know if it's really working? You know, you can say that you think that reporting in this style might, you know, help build trust in audiences, but it's one thing to kind of theorize or just think it's going to do that. And it's another thing to actually empirically test it and see that it does have an impact. And so, I mean, I'm a very like data-driven person and I'm, I am convinced by evidence. Now, unfortunately, I recognize that, yeah, not everybody is convinced by evidence, but, um, but still a lot of us are. So I think if we can show evidence that it's working, then it's a more compelling reason for more newsrooms to do it. Trying to get more data to show the impact of solutions journalism is what Karen has been doing over the last few years. Let me tell you about some of her findings. Um, 
In 2018, Montgomery Advertiser, the largest newspaper in the U.S. state of Alabama, made a decision that, for many journalists, would have been crazy. Completely transformed its newsroom to concentrate only on solutions journalism-focused content. It was a huge risk, of course. It was a leap into the void. But its owners and members wanted to empirically test audience reaction to such a transition. So Karen and her partner, Kaiser Lowe, decided to analyze what happened before, during, and after the change. And we found that, you know, when they started to publish more solution stories, they had higher engagement or longer engagement times and more page views on their solution stories. And that was that was immediately after the, the transformation, but that was also a sustained a year out from when they started to focus on Sojo more. So, um, you know, if your analytics are an indication of your finances, then, you know, then there were some encouraging results. And, you know, the- but it was not all positive. Promoters of solutions journalism often claim that one of the advantages of making more of this kind of content is that audiences can trust the media more. However, in this case, I quote the researchers. The data reveal no significant differences in the level of trust audiences had in the Montgomery advertiser as it transitioned to more solution-oriented news stories. Although individuals reported that the paper's news coverage was less biased immediately after the change, they returned to the original levels of bias months after the change. But Karen doesn't want to be entirely negative on this point. The research on, on solutions journalism impact on that, there's just not enough. So when we looked at the experiments, only one experiment looked at trust. So they're just, we really just need to be, we need to be doing more research on that. There are, um, there are qualitative studies that looked at trust and they've all had, you know, encouraging results um, in terms of, you know, for proponents of solutions journalism. But I would say, you know, in order to like, categorically say that solutions journalism helps restore trust, I think that we need to do a little bit more work before we can make that claim confidently. Another important point is that audiences also felt less informed about other issues that were also important to them, such as allegations of corruption. And this makes sense in light of what Solutions Journalism Network has insisted. The social approach is one more tool in a reporter's box and is not a final method of doing journalism. I think it is worth remembering that the intention of promoting this perspective is to contribute to balancing the scales that are currently tipped toward negative facts without wanting them to disappear. Another claim I heard repeatedly in doing this research is that journalists are convinced that solutions can be replicated and that their stories lead to action. But this has to be viewed with a pinch of salt. To understand this phenomenon a little, 
Karen McIntyre, Fabian Homburg, and Denise Bayen conducted two experiments that explored the impact of different types of news stories. The first study examined news with either a solution frame or catastrophic frame. The second study examined stories that evoked either positive or negative emotions. The results revealed that news stories with a catastrophic frame and news stories evoking negative emotions reduced the intention to take positive action to address problems and resulted in negative effect. In contrast, solution frame stories and news that evoke positive emotions resulted in more positive effect and greater intention to take positive action. This is important because, as the researchers say, solution-oriented or constructive journalism needs to move away from being seen as a nice-to-have and instead open up a place for it in the news agenda. If journalism can help citizens feel more motivated to act on behalf of humanity, it should maintain this type of content. The only more I see is that the study doesn't determine whether people actually act. And this could be another one of the big gaps in solutions journalism. Tina Rosenberg, co-founder of the Solutions Journalism Network, explains that it's very difficult to measure real-world impact. We have, um, I, I should provide you with our impact uh, statements. We, four times a year, publish an impact statement with real-world impact examples in it, but they're anecdotes. It's not, it's not data. Um, but every, all journalism has the same problem of how you measure what your impact is in the real world. I mean, some investigations can say, we investigated this problem and then changes immediately resulted. And that's great. And there are solution stories that can say, we published a story about what another city was doing, and our city then adopted that. There are plenty of examples of that, um, but it's anecdotes. Academics have recommended being more explicit in these aims or in the journalistic pieces themselves, bearing in mind that the public is often left with the feeling that others are already solving the problem. Beyond this debate, it is clear that these spaces for solution journalism are supported by audiences. All the projects we have discussed in six episodes have thousands of followers. Their content has over 600,000 page views, and in the comments there is always encouragement to keep going. We have talked about the impact of solutions journalism on audiences, but it is also crucial to talk about the impact of this approach on journalists. Um, so uh, I was for a long time uh, a journalist on the daily morning news program uh, in the UK, the Today program. Uh, so I was doing, uh, you know, uh, politics and war and uh, famine and disease and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and then um, uh, I, I, I was just lucky, actually, to be totally honest, um, this is Tom Coles from BBC's People Fixing the World. And that intervention sums up very well what has happened to many reporters who have decided to change their approach. Honestly, it's just such a such a joy to work on a program where the people that you're meeting are, are 
trying and endeavoring to find solutions to problems it's just a completely different life for a journalist because you, you you're doing literally the opposite of what you normally do as a journalist which is trying to find out why people are causing problems and how those how you can stop those problems and discovering more about the terrible things in the world those who spoke to me for this podcast said they felt better about their work and were very proud to contribute to a fairer view of the world They even talked about being more optimistic about the future. For me, this is perhaps one of the most significant reasons why solutions journalism is necessary. The mental health of journalists is an issue that has gained importance in recent years. And now we have research that shows how, as the frequency and intensity of traumatic stories increases, so does the severity of symptoms that closely mimic post-traumatic stress. I'm sure more than one person listening to this podcast know exactly the feelings and symptoms I'm talking about. That was my case, at least. So I can say that for those who want to flee from journalism because of its excess of negativity, Solutions Journalism has offered me a huge window of possibilities. Life, as we all know but often forget, is not just about wars, pandemics, diseases, violence, hate on social media, or corruption. Life also has that other side where joy reigns, where people come together to invent projects to stop the damage we have done, where there are efforts to reduce inequalities and embrace minorities. Now you have heard my whole story. W, what was the intervention? Solutions journalism, which gives burnout journalists and audiences an alternative approach, as I described in episode one and two. H, how it works, which I describe in episode three as a way for journalists to look beyond. O, offers insights, which many journalists using this method did in episode four. L. Limitations, like funding and dedicated resources, which we looked at in episode 5. And E. Evidence that the intervention works, which we have discussed in this episode. That's the whole story that stopped me from quitting. I hope it's one that gives other a pause for thought too. And if you're an editor, I would like to encourage you to implement this approach in your newsrooms for the benefit of your audiences, of course, but mainly for the sake of your journalists. <laughs>